Hello, and welcome to Quirk and Circumstance, a podcast about living a life outside the box, even when you spend the majority of your time within a cubicle or the boundaries of a role, like parent or professional or partner or something else. My name is Kat, and I love you. I love you for listening to this quirky, dorky little baby podcast. I love you for putting a rating up on Apple Podcasts so that others can find out about it too. That's very generous of you. I love you for being your super amazing self and for inspiring me to do the same. And you and I both know that nobody really fits into neat little boxes, but life requires us to stand in them sometimes. So thank you for being a part of the journey of life that explores how we can color outside the lines and be ourselves, even though sometimes it's a little bit awkward. It's really, really good. So thank you. On with the show. So two weeks ago, I started a solo life experiment. Now, those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast know that I'm constantly trying life challenges and experiments um, for two weeks at a time. Usually, I rope my friends into the experiments with me, and we do them for a couple of weeks at a time, right? But this one I wanted to try on my own, and I'll tell you why. I have never been accused of being disciplined. Never. And I have watched myself begin and stop habits a thousand times. I can usually start working toward a new healthy habit with gusto and keep it up pretty consistently for about two weeks, which is exactly why I designed this podcast overall the way that I did, where I try a new fun thing for two weeks and then I give myself permission to stop. But in a lifetime of experiments and more than a year now on the podcast of trying wellness and creativity activities with others, I wanted to figure out a sustainable way to actually do the healthiest things um, consistently, right? Like it's, it's great if, say, green tea can reduce my chances of getting cancer, but if I only drink it once a year, it's probably not going to help me much, right? So I need to figure out how to get more consistent. Um, and how to keep my wellness act, but, uh, but also, right, this, this part's key, how to keep those wellness activities from swallowing up all of my time. I knew it would be hard, um, to do all of these, these activities that I wanted to do and try to be methodical and try to be consistent. Um, I usually get bored and itchy after two weeks of practicing any new thing, right? And, and I feel ready to throw out the diet or the new meditation practice or whatever, but I felt like I was really ready to push myself to put my ideal morning routine together and to stick with it, rain or shine, for 30 days. I was ready to use this method that I learned about recently called habit stacking. Now, I learned about habit stacking from a book that's been all over um, media and podcasts in the last six months. It's called um, Atomic Habits. It's by a guy named James Clear, and I'll definitely put a link in the show notes to his website. You don't have to get his book in order to get value from what he's doing. He's got a ton of free, amazing blog posts and resources and um, things on his website. So um, definitely check out the Atomic Habits website, but again, a link will be in the show notes. 
Here's the gist of it. The idea is that we all have, um, with habit stacking, we all have habits that we do without thinking much about them, right? Like brushing our teeth or making the morning coffee. There's no question for me every morning that I will wake up and first I will brush my teeth and then I will make coffee and then I will feed the cat. It always goes that way. Brush teeth, then coffee for me, then food for the cat. Always in that order. Never food for the cat first, always coffee first. I have my priorities. Well, with habit stacking, you make a plan to attach the new habit, the one you want to start, to a habit that's already in place. Now, many of us have figured this out naturally. We don't need another website to tell us to do it. But I wanted to be like super methodical about this um, because what he says is the more times you do a new habit, the more it becomes ingrained in your brain as non-negotiable, like a muscle that's getting stronger with each repetition. And once the behavior passes the threshold into that like non-negotiable land, it becomes actually not that hard anymore, right? It doesn't take much effort to get the habit started every day. There's no question about being disciplined. It's just something you do because the habit is now done um, with automaticity, not willpower. It's automaticity. So, you know, it's like nobody's like patting me on the back like, oh my God, you're so disciplined. You brush your teeth every morning and then you make coffee and then you feed the cat, right? Like it's not disciplined. It's just automatic. It's something done with automaticity. So, I experienced the power of doing this with new behaviors a year ago when I tried bright line eating, which is a whole approach to eating and food prep that uses this idea of automaticity instead of willpower to revamp a person's eating lifestyle so that um, it doesn't include sugar or flour, right? It might sound like a prison. It might be too extreme for many of you. I totally get that. But aside from the, the food choices, I swear by using automaticity to do hard things on a consistent basis because of what I experienced there. I have an addictive brain. So with like sugar or breads or things like that, I can definitely go off a cliff with those things. Um, So thinking about giving those up for health reasons was like, there's no way I could do it. Um, But by applying some of these automaticity um, habit stacking ideas, I was able to do it for a pretty long and consistent time. Um, so it wasn't willpower that helped me say no to the foods that were not on my plan. It was automaticity that made it possible to say no, not willpower. So coming back to this particular challenge, my meditation and journaling habits have always been spotty, but I've always wanted to benefit from a regular practice, at least on the weekdays. My workouts have been even more spotty. Um, but again, I'm allergic to spending all of my free time on self-care activities. Like I don't want to spend a million hours all the time, you know, doing self-care. So I thought it was time to try a habit stacking challenge so that I could have a short list of healthy activities to do all together in the morning before work, and then a short habit stack at night right before bed. So I've been doing this now for two weeks. Two weeks in, it's going well. I have not missed one habit stack. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Um, I started by setting alarms on my phone to give myself enough time to do each activity and still get me out the door for work. So the first item is, you know, I do what I what I've done for years, which is wake up, brush teeth, make coffee, feed the cat. Right, I'm doing that for years. Then a little bell goes off, 
meditate. And then I switched to like the meditation kind of inspirational portion of the morning. So meditate 10 minutes, I, you know, bring my coffee over to the couch, meditate for 10 minutes. I read something inspirational and then I free write and journal for the rest of that little portion of time that I set aside. And that free writing journal um, is called morning pages and it really clears the cobwebs and the emotional clutter and chatter from my mind. Then a little bell goes off and um, a little chime and I start a 30 minute workout. Right now I'm doing Pio, which um, is like a streaming workout. I could do it in my living room. It's like 30 minutes. It's like Pilates slash yoga using body weights, like core strengthening, whatever. It's very efficient and I don't need a lot of equipment to do it. Um, and it, again, it's fast. Then I switch into prepping breakfast and lunch for the day, empty the dishwasher and, you know, just kind of kitcheny chores. Um, I get those done pretty quickly. A lot of times it's just assembling food that I put together over the weekend um, that I like prepped over the weekend and I get it ready. And then I shift into, when the chime goes off, I shift into getting ready for work, shower, makeup, hair, get dressed, and I'm out the door by 7 a.m. for work. Now, again, some of these are habits I've done for years, right? Like getting ready for work, shower, makeup, hair, been doing that for many, many years, right? Um, but in between, you know, and, and prepping lunch, like getting my lunch for the day. But now I have like a stack of behaviors that I do in a certain order and I do it within like a certain block of time. And so it's starting to become you know, kind of automatic. And the way that I organize the habit stack with just a gentle chime to signal that it's time for the next activity made it so that I don't hem and haw about anything. I'm not like, oh, the bell rang, but I don't want to work out. It's like, oh, the bell rang. You get up, you get your yoga mat like you do every day, you turn on the computer and then you start your workout. And then if the bell rings and there's still five minutes left on the workout, that's okay. I just turn the workout off. It's fine if I missed that last five minutes of the workout, because with a new habit, the rep, you know, the activity, the doing in the order with the other things is more important than the amount of time. If that makes sense. Well, you're just trying to get that habit in place. So it's like, I still get the cumulative effect of like the many days of working out by continuing to do the habit stack. So anyway, I'm not hemming and hawing about anything. So I just switch to the next thing in the stack. It's no discipline. It's automaticity. It's no willpower. It's automaticity. So I'm doing well. My bedtime habit stack is pretty short. It includes writing a short gratitude list um, from the day, writing a line in my one sentence a day journal um, that actually shows your entries over a five year period. It's pretty cool. Um, I read one inspirational page from a book and then I have a little checklist with all the habits that I'm doing. So I, I can like check off like, Oh, I did all these habits today. And it is beyond satisfying. Um, I have not missed a day, but as I said earlier, two weeks is the easy part for me. It's the next two weeks that's often difficult. And that's often when the rewards of these kinds of behaviors really start to appear. Um, so, so far, what I've noticed is that because my mind, body, and spirit get some focused attention every day, I'm better able to be present for relationships, creativity, and spontaneity with others throughout the rest of the day. It's like I'm less likely to find myself running on autopilot and I'm more responsive and tuned into the world around me. 
So let's see how the next two weeks goes. I'll report back after it's been a full, you know, 30 days. Now I want to shift to just telling you about something that is giving me life this week. The thing that is giving me life right now is, well, it's actually two podcasts that I want to tell you about. The first is simply called Poetry, and it's put together by The New Yorker. And in it, the poetry editor from The New Yorker magazine asks a poet that's been published in the magazine to read a poem from another poet, like a poem that they love and talk about why they love it. And they have just, it's usually like a really beautiful discussion about why the piece resonates and how the poem is constructed. Um, And then the conversation shifts to the guest who, you know, is a poet reading a poem of his or her own. And then there's discussion about how or why they wrote it in that specific way. So each episode, really, it feels like a special conversation between two poetry lovers that I only get to hear because they pulled the curtain back for me. So it's, it is, it's lovely. Um, The second podcast that I've been just like loving, loving, loving also pulls back the curtain on a conversation between artists. Um, It's between songwriter Ross Golan and other very successful songwriters about the craft of composing music and writing lyrics and producing. And it's, it's called and the writer is, uh, and a recent episode includes an interview with Wyclef, and it is truly, truly, truly not to be missed. So those are the things that are giving me life and inspiring me this week. It's not one particular song. It's actually two podcasts that I'm just head over heels in love with right now. So Thank you again for listening to this episode of Quirk and Circumstance. Please, um, if you haven't yet, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other people to find the podcast. And, um, you know, I consider you and me to be friends. So I feel like I can ask you to do this favor and you will, at the very least, entertain it for me. Uh, last, the website is quirkandcircumstance.com. That's where the show notes are posted. And last but not least, the intro and outro music is by the Tartu Pop and Rock Institute. And so much thanks to them. <laughs>